0: Hello, welcome to the Healthcare Marketing Underground podcast for the week of September 28th, 2015. This is episode 271, and I am Chris Bevelo. Joining me today are Chris Boyer
1: and Dana Weymouth.
0: Just Chris Boyer, no title or nothing.
2: (laughs) Okay, Chris Boyer, SVP at Revive Health.
1: And I am Dana Weymouth, Operations Manager.
0: For Weinfeld. Weinfeld. All right, there we go. And we have a special guest with us. Invited to the show for the first time, but not the last, is Jared Usry. Jared,
3: how are you? Doing well. Excited to be here. Uh, I get to be the, uh, yeah, excited to be on the podcast. Sorry. So,
0: so who, there's no apologies in this podcast, by the way. None. None. No apologies accepted in this podcast. What, uh, tell us your title, where you're from, what you do, all that good stuff.
3: Uh, I'm the creative technologist, uh, for, and I'm based right here in Nashville. Um, we actually help people with CRM marketing automation, uh, kind of bring some expertise into how to roll digital marketing out with all the platforms that are required. You know, uh, getting these things to work together is not always an easy task, but when they work together, you can really get some cool results. Yeah, for sure. And you've been with Revive for how long now? Uh a month and a half, I a think. A month and a half.
0: Wow, a already. Jeez. That's crazy. Well, welcome to Revive Health yeah. obviously and welcome to the podcast. We're glad you could join us. Mhm. We've got some good stuff to talk about. We Let's deal. see. Uh first of all, I'm not going to read through the litany of speaking engagements. We'll do that every other podcast. That'll be our thing. Uh but you can always find out where we're speaking at our website, thinkrevivehealth.com, backslash speaking. I don't know if that gets you there. Try it. See what happens. Let us know. If you get a 404, let us know. <laughs> it's, on it's on the site. Otherwise, have fun. You'll find it. Uh, let's see. Nice. Any other like quick announcements, important announcements? No. Um, Dana's is, Dana's got nothing. Uh, Dana, what do you got? Nothing. He said nothing. He shook his head. By the way,
2: backslash backslash speaking does not work, but backslash
0: events does. There you go. Nice. Thank you, Mr. Boyer. Thank you very much. Just keeping it real. Keeping it real. All right. Well, we've got at least two topics, maybe three. Um, Some good ones. Some good ones. Uh, This first one, I think, is not healthcare-focused, but it's Certainly impactful of healthcare, if, that's, if I can say that in that horrible English that I just did. Uh, and that is, I don't know how new this is. This isn't really new, uh, I don't think. I mean, it's really tied to the announcement of iOS 9 uh, and Apple enabling ad blocking on iPhones, Awesome. Now, why I say that's not new is if I'm if I'm not mistaken, hasn't that been around for a while? Apps that allow you to do that. Yes, yeah. certainly on your desktop have been around for a while,
2: and on your mobile phone. Um, you've been there are apps that were able to block um mobile ads that were appearing, um in in various iterations. You know, and through apps or through the the internet on your phone up until now. But this is now like the first, I guess, official release, right? Um, of ad, Apple releasing ad-blocking apps that they
0: actually support. So, so they're not releasing the apps. Well, they're yeah. allowing the apps to work. Is that the best way to put it? Who yeah. knows what's going on here? Jared, do you know?
3: Yeah, uh, so I think Safari by default would not let uh, apps like, change the way it worked. It wouldn't uh, block apps or block tracking code. So now they're letting these independent apps kind of take control of some aspects of Safari, the way Safari functions.
0: Cool. Okay. So to me, there's one reason this is happening. I want to see if you guys can guess what the one reason is. I don't know if I'm right, but I have, I have a theory. Is, it may be even in these articles. We've got a couple articles to share. I haven't read them, but I know enough about the situation. But to me, there's one reason Apple's doing this. What would you guys think is the reason? If you had to pick one reason, what would it be? Um,
2: I would Only I, one would, lawyer. Only I one. would theorize that Apple is going to be getting into this ad space very, very soon, and so they want they're okay with uh, doing this so that they can uh, integrate their ad platform in the near future. Okay, That's my theory.
3: Dana or Jared? It's a good one. I kind of think that um, it's so websites will be faster on mobile networks, especially. I think it's hard uh, for websites to go back, uh, go fetch the ad, decide which ad to send and then put all that information back at one time. And so I think it'll be, you know, some of these ad block apps are going to promise four times fast up to four times faster speeds. Uh, so if that actually delivers that, I don't know, but uh, it would be you know, great to have a, a little less content on the page for sure.
1: What Jared's talking about is what Apple is now calling metal. They're bringing some metal is what they're saying. And it's going to improve speeds across their platforms. It's a funny.
2: They call it metal M E T A
0: L.
1: Yeah. Like really like the, you know, heavy metal or whatever, but more, I think they're talking about it as this kind of industrial Mm-hmm. Way to describe improving speeds and mm-hmm. things like that. I, um, think
2: the, I think the advertisers would call it Metal, M-E-D-D-L-E. Ha, 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 ha. Uh,
1: nice. <laughs> Real quick, my guess is that they're listening to their consumer base. They're <laughs> hearing
0: from the people. Oh, you guys wow. are so sweet. Yeah. I know, so pure. What it's do you so think, Pablo? <laughs> <laughs> I've been around too long. I'm way too cynical. I think wow. this is a play to really try to start cutting down their two major competitors at the knees which are Google and Facebook mm. both of which are ad driven mm-hmm. uh entities and i think they see them as their top competitors uh in many different ways so to me that's what's behind all this and and i think what jared's talking about and what dan's talking about is is true because i think uh most people i think theoretically would would prefer not to have ads in there and you know if they didn't have to think about the consequence of that and I do think it, you know, it's possible that it'll be faster, and that certainly gives Apple cover for doing this. Uh, and I, I, maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but that, that when I first heard this, I'm like, well, who benefits and who loses in that situation? Mm-hmm. And yes, we're hearing from all of the publishers that are losing, uh, but uh, I think there's also going to be hits from Facebook and hits from now maybe I'm wrong maybe you know Jared or one of you guys can tell me that this doesn't even impact uh, Facebook's app Uh, and so therefore my theory is full of bleep uh, which is definitely possible but that's the
3: first thing I thought of well I I think it's interesting because I don't think it necessarily will affect Facebook's app but of the top 100 websites um, at age published an article recently that talked about um, a report from Clarity Ray. And they said that 9% of all impressions on websites were blocked by ad blockers already. So if that's one tenth of revenue for these advertisers, you know, that's a huge amount. So, yeah. I mean, it's going to hit them some, I mean, that's going to hit the bottom line somewhere. Yep. And that's what we're hearing, right? That's the article
0: we have is from, uh, I believe it's the New York times, but there's articles yeah. everywhere uh, about uh, Publishers crying foul, like, "Hey, you know, you don't get, you're not getting a free lunch here. What's going on?" Uh, it's interesting to me that uh, one of the producers of ad blocking apps removed uh, his program from the app store and actually offered refunds to those people who had bought it, um, saying, "quote Let's see, saying that while stop stopping ads does quote benefit a ton of people major ways." They also hurt some, including many who don't deserve to be hit so where where do you guys all stand uh, wait wait
2: those who don't deserve to be hit are you talking about advertisers Yes yeah okay, so or, or
0: not necessarily i mean there's also mm-hmm. could be arguments like hey i um I want the ads i I want to be delivered. I want information i don 't care whether it 's advertising or content i 'd like information that 's relevant to me, but i'm assuming what he means is publishers advertisers mm-hmm. so I don't know where you guys stand and all that. Well,
2: I'll offer my opinion about that. I mean, I think that, first of all, that argument about people wanting ads, when you say it like that, I think if you do a poll or a survey, do you want ads on your you know, phone or whatever? No. I think the majority of people say no, but what you're talking about is um, wanting relevant content, if you phrase it that way. Then you know the ads become a positive thing, right? Um, with the advent of, of all the different types of uh, advertisement options now, like native advertisement um, that the New York Times themselves are doing—that was an article we covered a couple of weeks ago on the on the podcast. Um, that you know, I think that uh, that it will affect some people's experience of the web, uh, of interacting with the web through Safari, mobile Safari, whatever. But I, I don't know. I mean. I, it, it, I really struggle with this because I am a digital marketer. I like to think about digital marketing in a very holistic and, and great way. And, and I'm also very annoyed by advertisements on my mobile phone sometimes because they are so obtrusive and they're so or intrusive, I should say. And it just like they get in the way of me having a good experience. So I kind of side a little bit with what uh, these these, ads or these apps do. So that's my opinion.
3: I think it's interesting as well that uh, these ad, some of these apps are actually selling the right to serve up ads to top web sellers too, to top right. advertisers. So uh, essentially, if Google wants to serve their ads, they can pay them a little price, you know, and uh, get whitelisted. Mm-hmm. And then their ads are going to come through just the same, which is a very convenient source of revenue for the uh, ad that's blocking insane. apps.
0: That's mm-hmm. crazy. Who would, who would install an ad blocking app that allowed that? Did you just, folks just
3: don't know that that's going on? Uh, I think so. And so there were this, uh, another server that's like 89% of users don't mind whitelisting, but I don't know if uh, I would be too fond of that if that happened.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
3: That is yeah. interesting.
0: I mean, if I could whitelist it, that's, that's one thing. If I, I as the consumer could say, yes, right. let's do that. But if it's the app, the app basically extorting money from advertisers saying you're not getting through unless you pay us a little shit, then I don't know.
2: We should we should uh, promote ad neutrality. <laughs>
0: What does what, that mean?
2: Jared laughed. he's the only one who got that joke. It's like similar to net neutrality where we're, we're trying to you know, promote that we, you, can't, um, you can't basically have organizations or companies um, uh, ruin your web experience to the net by throttling net, uh, you know, the speed of the internet, what have you. That was the basic of, of net neutrality.
0: I, I know what net neutrality is. I don't uh, know what ad neutrality is. Ad neutrality is,
2: is you can't allow you know, a handful of people to kind of throttle the ad experience on mobile devices. I um, mean like Apple? Yeah, everybody should have the benefit of a really rich advertisement experience on their mobile site.
0: <laughs> That's justice for right. all. That's exactly. Right. We're going to go to our graves fighting for ad neutrality <laughs> because we believe in liberty and the pursuit of all advertising wherever you prefer it. Capitalism um, good. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh,
2: but, I mean, I, I don't know. I I, I, before, I I actually thought it was actually funny, too, some of these ad names, uh, these app names that do the <laughs> I, I Their names are Peace, Purify, Crystal. These are like the
0: ad-blocking apps that are out there. I mean, what is that? That's this? also like different brands of crack if you go into certain parts of New York City, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Crystal. <Peace.
2: laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it is interesting. I don't know, Jared or Dana, you haven't said anything. What are your thoughts here? Well, one of the things
1: I was thinking about is that, um, aside from the the crack part of it, um, (laughs) that it tends to, in these scenarios, end up what, what the point they're trying to make is punish some of those companies or those advertisers that really need this space. And it doesn't end up, um, hurting the big dogs, right? So they have ways to, um, you know, use the technology, sort of what Jared was talking about, you know, the listing and, and kind of be above the, the law of it or whatever you want to call it. And so, you know, they, they tend to find ways to, to stay in that um, environment, whereas those that really actually need the exposure end up getting hurt by it because um, they, they don't have enough, um, revenue to actually, you know, pay to get through that kind of thing and, and things like that. And so for, for me, if I'm just being the consumer, I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Wouldn't it be great to sit and read a whole article without by accidentally popping up about five different things as I'm just trying to scroll down to read? Yes, I I would really like that. But kind of thinking about it, um, you know, more on a business side of things, I think, I think it's really tough to your point, Boyer, to find justice for all. And um, it, it really is true. I think it is very um, unequal.
2: Outside. So you're with me. Add neutrality,
1: I'm right? I'm ready. Meanwhile, <laughs> at
0: the Hall of Justice, yeah. <laughs> <by the> 19, <laughs> 1970s Super Friends.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm ready
2: to pick it outside of where we need to do it.
0: <laughs> well, well, well
2: occupy Wall Street. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there's funny quotes in here. That they, you know, John Gruber, who is a very famous blogger, um, publishes daring fireball, uh, you know. Of course, now he's upset because why is he upset? Because he's losing money, uh, and he said it's wrong if an ad blocker stops all type of ads. And his quote is: "The ad work, the ad network I'm part of, the deck only serves ads that are fast to load and don't track you, which is good, in my opinion. They're good looking ads for high quality products and services. Why block that?" like uh, what that's that's <laughs> right. just go well dude because it's blocking what i want i mean um of course he realizes that it must be so hard i think for some of these bloggers who i think typically would come down on the other end of something like this um but as soon as their revenues threatened uh, all of a sudden it's like this yeah it's like grab the pitchforks and the and the torches were marching on washington it's it's really interesting
2: I don't know. Is it, it, I mean, this kind of reminds me too, I, there was one line in here. What was it? Um, says uh, it was a David Jacobs where he said that publishers will need to really find well, will really need another way to make money. And I'm, I, and it almost, it, it, it mirrored what you're we saying about newspapers and how they're crying about how everybody's going online and now their subscription rates are down. Is this the end of online advertising? Or is this, you know, is this a, a, one of those, those disruptive changes in online advertising? I really don't think so, though, because ultimately, I mean, how many, although it's a top loaded uh, apps, these are the, some of the top loaded apps, um, or top downloaded apps, I should say, how many people run an ad blocker on their, app, on their phone? I mean, let's do a poll. Do you, Chris? I don't know. How about you, Jared? No, not today. Dana? Uh, no, I don't. Were you after this article?
0: Maybe. I mean, I got to be honest. I didn't really know these things existed before. They right. with uh-huh. my um, definitely worth considering. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, it's not like it keeps me up at night. I'm not like going, damn, these ads. I mean, there are certain times, like I go to Vanity Fair and read a columnist uh, on an easily a weekly basis, maybe a couple times a week. And every time I go there on my phone, there's an ad that pops up. Yep covers up the mm-hmm. entire screen and I got to find the little X and I yep. got to make sure I, I hit it right on the X. Cause if I don't, it's taking me to the advertiser. Yep. Right. Uh, and that is really annoying. Um, but it's not annoying to the point where I'm not going back to this content. Mm-hmm. And I also intellectually understand that you, you don't get a free lunch and that if these publishers aren't getting paid to do what they do, they're not going to do it anymore. And therefore the content goes away. Exactly. So I would rather have, um, a little bit of intrusiveness to keep the content I'm after Uh, it earlier made me think about, it's really interesting. It made me think about broadcast TV and what, you know, people are willing to have commercials for 60 years on their, on their TV. And then cable comes along as like, Hey, you know, you can have, you can pay for your TV and not have commercials, but hell, if you got, if you've got satellite or cable, you're still getting the ads I and mean, you're getting taken both ways. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I think that happens with the New York times. It happens with others that have a paywall. It doesn't mean you don't have advertising. You're paying and having advertising. So, uh, I don't know what the solution here is, but I don't know that it's getting rid of all the ads. That's me personally.
2: Well, and then what about, you know, I think it's ironic, too, that looking at this article online, that there's ads all around it again. And then at the bottom, the New York Times has a, has a pop-up window of their own ad that says, don't miss a single story with this special offer. Or get eight weeks free, which is like trying to promote them to adver- to subscribe to the New York Times. Is that going to be impacted by this? I, don't, I doubt that that would because that's coming from, you know. That's an ad, but that definitely is coming from the publisher. It's kind of like the Facebook thing, right? where I doubt we're going to get into um, into Facebook advertisement because uh, Facebook owns that app experience.
0: But I thought you said the Facebook app wasn't really an app, it was just a mobile site, boyer or like, it is or two ago
2: It is, but still, that experience I mean it's captured. It's like this. Um, you know if I, I I don't know, maybe I'll download one of those apps, maybe I'll download the Peace app or the purifier app and uh, try it out. Uncle Banky's crack app. Load this article up and see if that New York times native ad that's built into it at the bottom of the page appears on the mobile phone because of that,
0: you know, interesting. Jared, you got anything, what's your, what's your overall opinion on this whole thing where it should
3: go or where, where you think it needs to go? Well, I think one thing that's really cool is that advertisers, you know, they have their own ways to fight back. Um, Washington post, for example, they decided to start putting a little uh, pop-up that says this content's blocked unless you disable your ad blocker. And so they're kind of, you know, fighting back a little bit. And so, and, and you know, ultimately they can get any content they want to. So I think if publishers really want to get out of that game and turn to more subscription models, you know, that may support that. But, uh, I guess the question still exists. Can you do a subscription model and still support the business or can you just block all your ad block customers if everyone's doing it or, you know, just uh, how can, how can publishers make money online? Maybe still, it just still the defining question of uh, maybe the next few years.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I like that. I like that they're doing that and they're fighting back and I don't know, I would, I would, I would assume, and I haven't seen research recently that it would be very difficult for any larger publisher to stay afloat financially just through subscriptions. I mean, I think they've got to have that ad base. I could be wrong about that, but um, they usually, you know, the New York times is not a lot. Star Tribune is not a lot. Uh, You know, it's just not a lot of money uh, that they're pulling in for Mm -hmm. individuals. So again, I could be wrong there, but Mm -hmm. all right, we'll we'll have to keep an eye on that because obviously that let's tie it all back, bring it home, bring it home all relates to what we're doing right because uh we're we're big on digital we're big on digital Mm -hmm. marketing and digital advertising and social media advertising and we're big believers that everything's moving to the mobile space so uh those are two trains that are on a track potentially a collision track so we have to help our clients think through that Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know in the end it's really about just measuring what you're doing and making sure you're getting what you want out of it and if this continues to grow and uh you know, publishers find that like to Jared's point, they're putting up blockers to the ad blockers. But they're finding them. People are saying, fine, screw you. Then I'll find the content somewhere else. Uh, they might have to cave on that. And what's that going to mean for the advertiser? So we got to mm-hmm. keep an eye on it. But, uh, you know, as always, anytime something like this is tied to an Apple release, it, I think it gets right. of fanfare that it deserves right. initially, but definitely something to keep an eye on. Yep. Absolutely. Something else to keep an eye on. Ooh, nice transition. Not really because I didn't have my agenda pulled up, but I tried. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't know who this I, is, I found this one. Oh, I, I wasn't done with my sentence. So I was going to say, I don't know who is going to interrupt me first, but it was. <laughs> I, I don't know who I actually was going to say who's who found this one. So this is called teaming up the symbiotic relationship between sports and healthcare. Do you want to set this up a little bit, more? I sure
2: do, and I think the best way to set it up is to read the first paragraph. So, close your eyes, podcast listeners, and imagine this: the roar of the crowd,
0: let's go Yankees!
2: The taste of the hot dog, the The joy, the the joy you feel when your favorite player scores a touchdown,
0: way to go, Randy Moss!
2: Home run or slam dunk, there are sensations there are sensations millions of americans have collected in the, in their consciousness i'm sorry i didn't read that very well but anyway <laughs> the point is the next line says and they're the same ones hospitals would love to be associated with <laughs> yes this is an article about the relationship between sports and healthcare particularly through healthcare um, healthcare sponsorships of sports teams
0: now so, the, the 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 angle though is that that hospitals and health systems are looking at this uh, more so theoretically because they're moving away from thinking about inpatient care, treating the sick and the injured and trying to be more holistic in terms of helping people lead healthy lives. Uh, And so therefore tying themselves to sports is a way to demonstrate that they are healthy thinking or healthy oriented organizations. I believe is the, this particular, article which showed up in Becker's Hospital Review.
2: That's right, Becker's Hospital Review. Yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, they're, they're talking about, um, you know, how, you, how ha, hospitals and healthcare systems of today are using sports sponsorships um, to really bring forward sort of that healthy, the healthy, um, healthy and health and wellness approaches, the health and wellness marketing, um, developing sort of uh, relationships with the community through, you know, a variety of different ways. Um, a, a variety of different partnerships um, that they make with these local professional athletes, and that the professional uh, the professional sports teams are also seeing benefit from this. Right? It's really basically that's the whole point here is that um, they're positioning these these partnerships or these sponsorships as being you know something that the industry has been waiting for, even though we've been doing this for a number of years in healthcare.
0: Yeah, I, I mean. I I get it more from the hospital side, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I mean, for for example, they talk about the Giants in here and they talk about the Broncos. I mean, here is an industry, the NFL, that is struggling mightily with the perceived health impact of its sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know that partnering with health systems is going to make people go, "Oh, okay, well, it's healthy." You know, forget about concussions and forget about. Um, CTE and all the other things that, that occur uh, mm-hmm. now that you're affiliated with XYZ hospital, all must be well, right? So I don't quite get it from how it's supporting the sports teams. That seems a little, maybe I'm too cynical again. No,
2: I, I, I think you're right. I mean, having done this and being, you know, part um, having worked on the inside of the hospitals on these sponsorships, there is a good opportunity, but I, what I really find and what is disappointing about this article is that it doesn't really outline some of new and creative ways that the sponsorships can be used in, you know, in, in, uh, to help, to help further these sort of these causes. They do have an address, uh, you know, a mention here about population health management and how they're using, this is a real world example of population health strategy in action. And, and while I do understand that having, you know, sports expos or, or, you know, camps, summer camps, or early detection and prevention programs at sports arenas through a sponsorship is a great way to do that. I don't really see this as being anything that's, you know, that, that we haven't been doing for the last 15, 20 years in this space, you know? So, and you're right, to your point, too. What do the sports teams get out of it? What do they get out of it? Um, and I think that, you know, that from this perspective, that maybe it is the perception of partnering with a, um, um uh perception of 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 like sponsoring or partnering with a hospital that that's a good thing, but i don't know I, I i don't see anything interesting really out of this. The article kind of sold it really heavy, but it didn't really come through for me
1: i I kind of have a real time um example that that may not it would be interesting may not apply to the professional sports but um i played lot of different um on, on a lot of different athletic sports teams and a smaller city Santa Barbara but the market was saturated with um some really high quality orthopedic um mm-hmm. doctors. Mm-hmm. And so I mean some that had traveled with national team players, you know, Olympics, etc. Um so what was interesting was the benefit the sports teams had was we added free access to them. And so to what the they would to the doctors. Okay. Yeah. And so anyone that was in that let's, you know, call it the population health, you know, that, that, that market, mm-hmm. any kind of injury ankle, you know, it's a ton of ankle stuff, ton of shoulder, all that good stuff, free eval. And you walk through the door and they get you in. Now, what going back to why would the healthcare system, you know, why would the physician do this? Well, an ACL tear, ligament, surgery, all that kind of stuff, you're instantly, they're, they're advertising in our programs, and then you already have a connection. Um, so that was obvious. But for us, it was really huge because they were giving us quality care and advice to prevent this type of stuff that I would, as a teenager – with um, the budget that high school teams have never would have had access to that information. Um, And so it it was really valuable in that sense. Now to take that to the pro level, I'm not sure what benefit they're getting except that they have a relationship right away. So Mm -hmm. they're on site, they're working with the guys. And um, I definitely understand preventive care and having that, Contract sign that you're working with this particular guy and he's mm-hmm. your guy um, mm-hmm. or, or sorry lady as well very many great physicians Hey lady, hey lady <laughs> um, But that that one maybe is a little tougher, but I know definitely um, Kind of on a smaller market level at the the partnerships were very beneficial both ways
2: Well, and let me let me address that to a certain point because it's interesting what you're talking about Dana that is not necessarily a sports partnership, right? It could be, but um, I've worked at health systems where we were the where, where, where we are. We developed a paid sponsorship um, relationship with a with a sports team but we weren't the the care providers to that sports wow. team another hospital was and they actually were the official hospital of this particular sports team right so it was really interesting like there was a double layer like multiple people involved here while we weren't the one that delivering care we were the one that our logo was on all of the collateral and
0: stuff like that so the only thing I'm going to add here, because I know we're running out of time, you guys. I know there's some hard stops coming. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing this article doesn't do is kind of provide an alternative viewpoint, which is you're spending millions of dollars for a sponsorship. No matter how you cut it, um, you're spending a hell of a lot of money uh, on, a, yeah. on a pro sports sponsorship. And that may be good or bad, but it has to be taken into consideration vis to vis other things you could be doing with that money. So if you're talking about population health management, and you're spending $5 million to sponsor the Giants, the Broncos, whoever. Um, yeah, you're going to get name recognition out of that. Yeah, there probably are some messages you can deliver, some experiences you could deliver. But what could you do with $5 million to improve the, the health of the population that you're supposed to be serving? Uh, my guess is a lot. So, you know, it's not – I'm not going to say it's, it's outright bad to do that. But It would have been nice to have a balanced – kind of view of well that's one way to go about spending five million dollars mm-hmm. here are some other things that you might want to be thinking about um that might get you a lot more benefit what Right. right. So. all right uh we're, we're running out of time here uh we normally end with some kind of fun topic so mm-hmm. i'm going to um let's see we, we we invented this game a few episodes ago where you get three words to describe something but only three words boyer that's it Okay. So we're going to go around, and um, I'm going to ask you to use three words to describe your feeling about the end of summer, which happened this week. So we'll start with you, Danny. you got three words. What are the three words that come to mind for you for, to describe the end of summer?
1: Cooler. Football.
3: S-E-C. Okay. Wow. All right, all right. Jared? Um, maybe just pumpkin spice latte. I don't know. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was nice. You nailed that. That's one. very
0: good. All right, boy. What do you got? I, um, it's so hard for you to think in terms of three words. I know, but you can do it. Apples. Take a picture of his face. Dana, right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard.
2: <laughs> um, Okay, apples um, walking dead
0: <laughs> nice why walking dead because it's coming up and then season from is coming out oh that's right that's good that's good um, I, I'm gonna I'll replicate a little bit I'm gonna go with um, <laughs> football cool those are both of those are Dana's yeah. um, scared bleepless which is hyphenated Okay. Scared. That's one word. Why, why are you scared, bleepless? Because when summer's over, fall's here. When fall's done, you better be scared, boy. Because you're living in Minneapolis now. Scared, bleepless.
2: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Anyway, can I change my answer? Nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we better wrap it up because I know we got some folks that got to get places. Jared, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we'll definitely have you back. Yep. We'll you back. Look, Look forward, forward to it. Just good times. Excellent. And Dana, as always, thank you for all your help and joining us today. Of course. Boyer, apples. Apples. <laughs> I, was, I was talking about the phone. Oh. <laughs>
2: oh, I said I you <laughs> were, <laughs> No, I no, cried. I was talking about apples. Okay. Yes,
0: we know. You're talking about granny. Granny. Okay. okay, so for Healthcare Marketing Underground, this is Chris Bevelo. Chris Boyer. Dana Jared Estry. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.
3: Ayy! Hey.